The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Praise the Lord. You know, we are here to encourage each other. Perhaps sometimes if you're new here, you think, what's the matter with these people? They're getting up and they're saying hello to each other. That's because we want to make sure we don't just come here to sit in a seat. We want to welcome you to the church. The church is the family of God. And when you come here, we want you to feel like you're coming home to family. And we want you to be blessed. I know sometimes it feels a bit awkward. But, you know, we can quickly get over awkwardness and we want to bless each other. We've been going through a series here which comes to its end today. This series has been called Gospel Truth. And in this series, we've been looking about truth. And I was thinking just afresh this morning, truth is very important to us. We want to know what is true. And what is true, we want to take hold of. Makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, who wants to be caught up in the opposite of truth, which is like lies and deceit. Who relishes in that? Nobody does. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be lied to. I want to know what the truth is. Because when you know the truth, you can anchor yourself on it. You can get strong with it. And so we've been looking at truth. We started off by looking at what is truth. It's a question that's been asked for many years. It's not just like, oh, that's a new question. Let's kind of get hold of it. This has been being asked down through the centuries. What is truth? And in our looking, we found that Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we unpack that a little bit more to see that Jesus is God, and God himself is saying, I am truth. And therefore, what God says of himself, and what he speaks, and what he has had written down, which we have as the word of God, is God's truth for God's people today. Great. What are we doing about it? That's the issue. It's one thing to be able to preach about this stuff. Oh, God's truth. Oh, that's great. You know, Lovely. I'm glad that God's truth. How is it impacting us? If we don't want lies and we don't want deceit, then we're going to have to take hold of God's word. We're going to have to receive it. We're going to have to do something with it. We're taking communion today, and as I just took that bread, you know, suddenly you find out, oh, we're praying, we're thinking about the sacrifice that Jesus has made, but Jesus is the bread of life, and suddenly you're eating something. Something what is spoken of suddenly becomes tangible. You take hold of it, you've got it between your teeth. There's food there. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is also the bread of life. And we want to receive him. So as we're receiving his truth, we're receiving bread. As we're eating bread, we're gaining strength. And this isn't physical strength. This is spiritual strength. Man shall not live on bread only, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is what has been declared, and that is exactly what we want to do. Where's our slide? What have we got up our slides? Okay, we'll go to the, this week is practical stories. Go to the next one. Thank you. Do you remember this from last week? Yay! How did you get on? I failed. Okay, let's just put that up there. 
there are some of these things that I've failed with. <laughs> Tim, let's not go there. Let's not go there. You see, what I'm trying to say is, you know, we love this. And when we were looking at who God is and the fact that God says he's truth, we need to understand what's God like. God is love. God upholds all of these all of the time. His character is the character that we want to see. He's full of joy and peace, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. His character coming into us changes us, strengthens us into the things that everybody likes. Everybody likes. It doesn't matter what nation, doesn't matter what language you have, everybody likes those things. It's a universal thing because God is a universal God. But when it comes to love, this is what we want to see being exhibited more and more in our lives. As we get God in, it starts to let God out. And this is what God is like. So let's put it before you again. Let's keep pressing towards Father. Enable us to be made more and more like the image of your Son and help us to portray the love that you have in and through our lives daily. Amen. So we've been practicing it. I've got a scripture for us. Peter says this, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we're trying to reach perfection, but it takes a while for it to be worked through in our lives. There's a perseverance. If we didn't make it last week with love, Guess what? Let's persevere into this week. Let's keep persevering. Let's keep pressing on. Because as we press on with these things, we're finding that the work of God is coming into our lives. And as that work is coming, it keeps us from being ineffective and unproductive. In other words, we become what God is wanting us to become fulfilling His mandate here upon the earth, which is exactly what we want. Um, just, this is just a reminder. What's the next slide? Just reminding us that the truth sets us free. The truth sets us free. The truth sets us free. The truth, I don't think I was in bondage. Start reading the word of God. He'll show you where you're in bondage. And guess what? He'll set you free. When we know the truth. Let's not pretend, we don't want to walk around like, oh, nothing's wrong with me. Let the word of God come to us. Let us just get changed because the truth sets us free. How wonderful is this? Is that God doesn't want to hold us in captivity, doesn't want us to stay down, but he wants to raise us up and to bring us into freedom. Now listen, I didn't want to talk to you lots this morning. What I wanted to do this morning was to have a little bit more of a practical session. And I've asked three people to come and share with you their experiences about reading the Word. We've been understanding gospel truth. We've been understanding that the Word of God is truth. We're recognizing that we want to have this truth in our lives. And I talked a little bit a couple of weeks back about how reading the Bible helps. But I thought, again, it would be good for us just to hear from three other people, not myself, 
so that you can hear their testimony. How, how's it been with them? You can ask them questions afterwards after, if you want to as well. But it's just trying to say, look, it's not, this is not about me. I've read the Bible through. Great. That's good for you, Jonathan. I want to hear about other people's stories. I want to find out what it was like for them. I want to hear some of the difficulties that they've faced. I want to hear some of the good things that they've faced. I want to hear their testimony. So Gail, is, I've asked Gail to come, and Gail's going to come and start us off. So she's going to give us a, a little bit of her testimony about how reading the Word has affected her life. So I want you to smile nicely at Gail as she just shares with us this morning. Thank you very much, Gail. Truth so helpful. I'm sure other people have too. And I just want to honour Jonathan and thank you for your passion for teaching us and encouraging us because, you know, it has made such a huge difference to my life and I really want to encourage others, Lord, um, in this way as well. So, you know, Jonathan has said God's word is living and active. It's his voice and it speaks into our lives and it shows us his character. And uh, over the past, I think it's about 10 years um, of reading the Bible, I've found it so precious, so, so precious. I've been a Christian for over 40 years. I know you can't believe that, <laughs> but that's true. And apart from when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would say that reading the Bible has been the thing that has made the most difference to my Christian life. It's deepened my walk and it's in increased and deepened my relationship with my Heavenly Father. And it's given me a depth of love for His Word that I didn't have before. And I just want to keep on reading. What I'm actually really focusing on uh, this morning is, is about just reading the Bible, all of it, right the way through, several chapters at a time. You know, it depends how much time you have set aside. But, you know, if you can read 10, 15 chapters at a time, just get that word into you. Um, it's, just, it's just a brilliant way to, to start your day. When you get to the end, don't think, oh, that's it, I've done it now. Keep reading. Keep feeding your heart. Each time you read... God will bring new things to your attention. You know, you can read the same psalm several times, and, and each time God will just bring out something new to you. And as you become more and more familiar with his purposes and how he is creator and sustainer of all things, he wants to help his people live life to the full. And it's in his word that you find those, those ways, those instructions that help for your daily walk. Before you start to read, ask God to speak to you. So often, specific verses or passages have just jumped off the page at me. Um, my previous Bible, I'm, I'm now doing the New Living, but my previous Bible, the NIV, it's just full of different colors highlighting things that have spoken to me and and that's just a way when you look back through and you can think oh yes I remember when that verse really spoke to me and it made a difference that day um, but apart from just specific verses I, I just feel like God's word is going into my heart 
and my understanding of him is growing. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I can really identify with the psalmist now. I know what he's talking about. God's word's so precious. Um, the other day, I, I had just come to the end of Judges, and uh, it was a Saturday morning, and because Clive was busy with um, a trustees meeting for Hope Health Action, I was actually going to drive down to the south coast and take my mother-in-law um, for some surgery, sort of day surgery. And uh, I turned over from Judges, and there was Ruth. And, of course, Ruth is a story of a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. And uh, I, just, I just was so blessed to turn over and read that because, you know, there have been times when I've been a bit grumpy with my mother-in-law. She's a lovely, precious, precious lady, but she can be a bit determined, as Clive would say, stubborn, other people might say. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not that often that I have, have gone, actually, my mum came to for company and on the drive, but, you know, for me to actually sort of be, be the one caring for her and looking after her. And just, I don't know, God spoke to me so much through, through reading Ruth that morning. And uh, I, I really felt like there, oh, there was a real breakthrough. So, yeah. So passages can just come. And how did God know? <laughs> but he did. And that was just amazing. And I, I just encourage you. I mean, I'm, I'm really talking just about reading the Bible through. But if you do feel God speaking to you, go back to those passages again when you get another moment. Meditate and study and, and go deeper with them. It's so helpful to have a regular time and a place. Once it becomes a routine, it's part of your day. And you really miss it if you don't do it. Like on holiday, we really try to keep that, that time special. You know, it, it is possible. <laughs> um, first thing in the morning works really well, and it's a, such a wonderful way to start your day. Um, but you may feel you need to make some changes to your life. If, if you're a late-night person and you're going to try getting up early, then you just have to go to bed a bit earlier. Um, many of you have got young children, and early morning is, is a busy, hectic time. You know, that's, it's not right for everyone. Just if you can find a time that suits you and try to stick with it, even if it's just for that season in your life, and then later on, when you're like me and I've got the time in the morning, then you can, you can use that time too. Clive and I um, tend to read at the same time, but not, not the same passages. <laughs> um, he's in the New Testament at the moment, I'm in the Old Testament. And, and we have our morning cup of tea, so you know we'll, we'll get ourselves up, get a cup of tea. He has to have a shower first because he can't read the Bible before he's had a shower. <laughs> it just wakes him up. <laughs> Um, but so we'll, we'll read our passages, you know, just, just quietly. Um, and then when we've finished, we'll stop and say, well, has anything kind of spoken to you this morning? What, what's God said? And, and actually, it's quite nice when he's in the New Testament, I'm in the Old Testament, because sometimes some of the, the themes that we seem to be reading link up and you, you're seeing again the thread um, flowing through. So... You know, after we've chatted about what we've read, then, then we make time to pray. And uh, so often what we've read um, 
leads us into how we, we, how we pray. So that might work for some of you. Couples, you know, if you can do that together, and I really encourage you to give that a try. Um, the first time um, that I started reading the Bible from cover to cover, I actually started at Matthew. Um, you might think, ooh, that's a bit weird. Um, but I read through to Revelation, and then I went back to Genesis and read the Old Testament. And for me, doing it that way, it really helped me to get into the habit of daily reading because I found the New Testament easier to start with. Um, so I, that's what I did. It's not right for everyone. But, um, and after I'd read through the whole of the New Testament, I was ready to start at the beginning and see how both the New Testament and the Old Testament complement each other. And the more I read, the more I realize how crucial it is to read the whole Bible to know God. We need to know God. In these days, we need to know our God. Um, the other day, I was reading 2 Samuel, and, and I came across this verse, um, which just kind of speaks to me about God's heart. It said it, it was a, a woman who had come uh, to Saul, um, I think, <laughs> Um, and it says, but God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we've been separated from him. So that's a theme that goes through the Old Testament every time. God's people disobeyed and went far from him. You know, he wanted to bring them back and he found ways to bring them back. And then, of course, you know, in Jesus that was God's ultimate plan, and he's brought us back through, through Jesus, through our faith in him. So God's heart is for all people to know they are loved, and uh, I just praise him for the way in which the Old and the New Testament just come together. There are so many prophecies in the Old Testament, in Micah and Isaiah, in the Psalms, which point straight to Jesus. And Jesus refers back to the Old Testament scriptures and expands on them um, and explains how he fulfills them. And you need to have read about what the Old Covenant was so that you can properly understand the New Covenant that Jesus died once and for all. All those sacrifices aren't necessary because Jesus has done it all. Um, some of the Old Testament stories, you, you know, you're all familiar with these, which, you know, they so clearly point to God's ultimate plan in Jesus. You know, the story of Abraham willing to sacrifice Isaac, and then God provided that ram in the thorns. And, uh, you know, then how God sent Jesus, uh, our lamb, um, to die on the cross in our place. The story of Exodus and God saving and rescuing his people, and uh, how Jesus has now come to save us and rescue us. And the lovely story of, of Ruth and uh, how Boaz was her kinsman redeemer. We have a redeemer who comes to save us. However, <laughs> some of the Old Testament passages, passages do seem quite long-winded, particularly when the same phrase is repeated over and over, lists of animals used for sacrifices, utensils made for the temple, laws for cleansing skin diseases and mildew in your home, and all the specific measurements for the tabernacle. You know, sometimes you're reading this and thinking, oh, golly, <laughs> what's this saying to me? 
Um, and, th and then there's, there's quite hard passages where so many people are killed. Um, you know, it's hard reading some of those things, but I still read them. Um, and I can honestly say that God can speak through these passages too, showing his concern for the small details, how he knows his plans, how he cares for the well-being of his people, and he wants to teach them his ways. I used to struggle with books such as Leviticus and Numbers and Chronicles. Jonathan suggested a few books for us to <laughs> talk about this morning. And uh, he, those are the books where you think, oh, golly, how many more chapters? <laughs> how, many, how long until I get through this book? Because I'm finding it quite tough. Um, but um, in Leviticus, God was teaching his people the right way to live and teaching them to remember and celebrate the good things that he'd done for them. Um, well, I've done that bit already. Um, numbers, as lists of names and numbers, lots of numbers. Um, but it also gives an amazing history of the Israelites, and it teaches us about God's patience with them as they wander in the wilderness, grumbling and complaining. All the time, God was preparing them and teaching them that they must trust him and move ahead by faith if they're to claim the promised land. And Numbers also contains the priestly blessing, which are such beautiful words that I've really come to love. When our eldest son was dedicated, these were the words spoken over him. Um, and it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. That's a, a wonderful thing to pray over someone. And one chronicles lots of names that are really hard to pronounce, unless you're Jan Dalloway, who's very good at it. <laughs> on, um, at the prayer meeting, we read the Bible together here on Saturday mornings, and uh, the other week, Jan had a long list of names, <laughs> and she did fantastically. But the more you read them, the better you get at it. Um, but all these individual people, every single name is someone significant to God, and that speaks to us too, doesn't it? How each one of us is significant. Our names are written in his book of life. And they show how God works through generations, that he's a loving and personal God. So I just want to encourage you to, to not miss out on these books, which, which seem hard and a bit irrelevant. Stick with them. Each time, more of the names will become familiar because you've read the stories and you begin to understand more of where they fit into the whole picture. It's lovely when you think, oh, I wonder if that's the same... Joab that I just read about in the last book or, you know, it, it's, it's really, you know, they do become much more familiar. And uh, regularly reading the Bible has opened up its truth to me. And I've got a few examples, but I could go on and on, really. Um, talking about obedience, how obedience matters. It matters how we live. Um, Jesus said, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. The fact that God's ways for us are our best. I think Jonathan mentioned this one last week. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
We need to know this God whose ways are higher and better than ours. Um, the fact that God disciplines those he loves and he forgives us when we confess our sins. But there are sometimes consequences. If you look at David and Bathsheba, God forgave him, but you know his life was a bit different after that. And yet he was still called a man after God's own heart because he repented and he trusted and, and wanted to change. God delights in us. He's faithful. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He is just. Um, this morning, I just was able to find my notebook from when I went to Africamp in 2007. And this was um, teaching from Pastor John Melindy um, about reading the word. And just simply three things. He said, to know God, read the word. To get revelation, meditate on the word. Look for God's heart, his ways, the attitudes he wants you to have. And to learn his ways, study the word. Ask, what does this mean? What does this mean to me? And those of you that are in group and going through the Wick Rick Warren um, series, you'll know that he's, he's doing an amazing teaching um, in those, um, each of those studies, helping us to study and meditate on the word. So um, I'm going to stop there. I, I could go on, but I hope I've encouraged you to read the Bible for yourself. It's vital. It really is our daily bread. Kevin, are you going to come and share with us as well? You can smile at me as well. It's not exclusive, you know. Um, look, first of all, the fact that Gail's up here, now I'm up here, um, it's not because we've got it all together, okay? It's not we're here telling you how we have succeeded, because this is a journey, yeah? For all of us, whether you're a new Christian or whether you've been at it for a few years, as I have, the fact is it's a journey. So please don't think, oh, yeah, yeah they've cracked it, I can't. That's not what it's about. If, if you get anything from this, it's the word is good. But we've just got to set some time aside and we've just got to do some practical things to get into it. Because when we do, guess what? God turns up. Okay, so let me just tell you that. This is just a very, very practical thing from my perspective. Some, some time ago, and, and it's not sadly 10 years ago as it was for Gail, but a, a while ago, I had a serious word with myself. I sort of sat myself down and I thought, am I prepared to say that the Bible is God's word to the church? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Am I prepared to say that the Bible is God's word to me? And I said, yeah, I think I have to say yes to that as well. And having just made those two sort of affirmations, as it were, I thought, well, then I've got to do something about this. I, I, I can't continue just to be selective in what I read and when I read it. And that's exactly how I had been. Does it mean that I didn't pick up the Bible before? No, I picked up the Bible two or three, four times a week on a good week. 
you know, and I'd read for a different sort of amount of time. But the fact of the matter is, is it was haphazard and it was random. And where I would inevitably go was guess where? Oh, how did you guess? You know, you go to the New Testament, you knew this stuff, and you sort of think, yeah, Old Testament, I know it exists, and everything else. So I thought, no, 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 I really do need to be more systematic with the way that I approach uh, the way in which I read. And so, basically, that's what I set out to do. Um, I guess I really felt, and I mean, Jonathan touched upon this this morning, actually, as well, is that I sort of also thought, do you know, my body needs food constantly. You know, and I enjoy feeding it. And I do feed it, and it's great. And yet, this bit's passing, we know that. And yet, the eternal part of me, which is my spirit, also needs feeding. And I put that on rations, really. And I thought, it's not really what it should be, because this is the bit in here that's going on. And, and I, you know, the, the, the physical side was getting a lot, the spiritual side was getting a bit. And I thought, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. This really does need to be addressed. So what did I do? Well, it was, well, what I used to do, as I say, I'd pick up my Bible, I'd turn to those familiar books. But what did that mean? That meant just this, that there were many books that I rarely read. And I have to admit, there were some books in there I'd never read. You know, I touched upon them or, or, or dipped in it. But really to read it? Well, I, I, you know, I wasn't. So I thought, well, the only way of doing this, and you know what I'm going to say, is to start from the beginning and go to the end. You know, start in Genesis, make your way to Revelation. See, I know, because I've read it now. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, it's not easy. And so the systematic reading, I thought, yeah, this is, this is going to take place. So I'm going to have to make some changes to do that. Because I, I would pray in the morning, don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't just pray two or three or four times a week. I'd pray every day. But the fact of the matter, the word, mm, as and when I can. So I decided to get up half an hour earlier than I did before to accommodate my reading before I prayed. That's what I did practically, Okay. Is that easy? No, it's not easy. It's not easy in the winter, particularly. But I, I thought, no, I've got to do this. So I did, and then I started to accommodate it. Why? Because I'm better in the mornings. I can concentrate. I don't have to have a shower, but I can. <laughs> well, I do, but not before I read the word. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that's the good time for me. And actually, I don't believe that there is a late person in this room, because guess what? We all get tired. And at the end of the day, when you pick up the word, I'm not saying it doesn't work for you, because you probably come up to me afterwards and say, I'll do it all the time. But when you pick up the word at the end of a day, you're tired. And when you get to a certain age, you get really tired. And, and you sort of, <laughs> you don't engage in the same way. So what I would suggest is the morning is good, because it's quieter. Now, as Gail so correctly said, there are things for a lot of people at a lot of stages of your life that makes that very difficult because there are little ones who want to join you in that. And that's not always such a good thing. Um, but it is a good time to read and to concentrate and to set your day before the Lord. Yeah, that's why it's good as well. Did I cheat? Did I, did I just keep going? Yeah, I cheated all the time, sort of as it were. I went into the old, the New Testament once I got halfway through numbers. But this is where I made the difference, is that I wouldn't allow myself 
to, 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 to go elsewhere until I'd finished the book I'd embarked upon. Do you see what I mean? So if you are finding the list of genealogies uh, or, or dimensions particularly heavy going, and you will, and you do, or whatever, um, the fact is I wouldn't allow myself to go, oh, I'm going to just, you know, we're just going to park it for a while and just go into something more familiar. No, I will, would go through. But then once you get to the end of that book, yeah, I might read a letter or something else in the next, in the next session and then go back to it. But pretty much these days, I read it through, okay? So what I'm saying here, cut yourself some slack. The important thing is the word of God. It's not that you literally go right the way through. The important thing is the word. But, but try to keep a pattern, because I guess what? You're like me, you get a little bit more disciplined that way. You go, no, 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 no. I've, I've said I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do it, as opposed to where should we go today, yeah? So that's, that's, that's quite practical. Do I always read what, or understand what I've read? <laughs> Not very often. <laughs> do I believe God is doing me good, even though I don't understand it? Oh, yes, I do, because I believe it's a spiritual book. And I believe I'm a spiritual person. And I believe God wants to do business with me when I'm reading all of his word. So even though, yes, I do find some things tough, it doesn't mean to say, oh, well, I'll park that as well. I just, you know, continue to read and to press through. But you do it, guess what, prayerfully. Just say, God, I, 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 I don't really get some of this stuff. But I'm going to keep at it and I'm going to keep reading and I'm going to ask you to speak to me. And, and God is good. I'll tell you why. It's because the Holy Spirit really birthed scripture. He was there when it was formulated and put together in this book that we pick up. So it occurs to me he's with me when I read because he's in me and therefore he encourages me. And so therefore when the two to come together, there is revelation. Okay? So you've got to do it prayerfully as well. Don't just read. Don't just read. You'll get good things out of it by reading. Prayerfully ask God to turn up and he will, I assure you, because that's what he's about. Okay? Finally, I just want to say this. Someone once said, reading the Bible is um, like panning for gold. Now, what's your understanding of panning for gold? My experience is not great about panning for gold, but you'll understand the analogy. It says, you can splash about in the stream, moving the odd pebble, having a look under the odd rock. And when you do that, occasionally you might find some gold dust. And praise God, he does bring us gold dust. But when you dig... When you dig and when you apply yourself and you say, this is what I am going to do, the nuggets start appearing. And they look a lot different than gold dust because God speaks to you in a different way. So I just want to say, please press in, but be prayerful as you do it. You know, this isn't big stick stuff. This is none of this is so you need to be doing. This is because it is good. Okay. And God does you good as you do it. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, we've just got one more person. Claire is going to come and share with us. Uh, can I just say this? The Word of God washes us. That's what it says in the Word. So we can shower before or shower after. <laughs> but reading the Word of God has a washing effect as well. So I just want to encourage you with that. Claire's going to share with us. Claire, she knows there's not that much time. And therefore she's going to speak quickly. So you can listen. As I Bless normally you. do. Hallelujah. Uh, going third ensures that I am going to be repeating many things that you've already heard. But it's a different voice. And guess what? 
If we all repeat the same thing, it's because God wants to triple line it. Okay. So bear with me, because they're just the same words, garbled differently. Pastor Jonathan gave us a few questions, and I've picked a few questions out just to uh, hang all these thoughts that came to me in the week. How has reading the Bible helped you, and what difference has it made? When we were first introduced to what we in the Stevens-Hurst families used to call chunking, the first realization for me was what a strange deception or sleep we had previously been under. Why had we not read the Bible through and through? Why was it I considered it enough to read the Bible in one year and congratulate myself and then go back to checking the sermon quotes and other Bible notes and dipping in and out of this? It's one of those serious revelations that you can't quite understand the before from the after. So I had been deceived and caught up in wanting or seeking now words from the Holy Spirit or new revelations from God while blindly and proudly ignoring the love letter to us all that this is. This word is God's love letter. He doesn't write lots more. He gives us his presence, but this is the love letter. Then the challenge, challenge of reading everything means putting your faith in the statement in 2 Timothy. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So accepting and trusting and believing that this is not just a book, not just words, but a spiritual vessel is a big thing, is the big thing. Because it doesn't make logical sense. It's a faith thing. Believing that just as my physical body is sustained by eating and drinking and what I put inside me is changed to energy and sustains my life, the same is true of the consumption of all these words. And that all of them are good for my spirit, for its growth and its life. Not just the words that make me feel content and loved and the hard words of discipline and judgment, but also the lists of names and prophetic pictures I can't imagine and telling history twice over in two different books. The, books that do, the parts that don't feed my brain or stimulate knowledge or discussion, I have to take on trust that not understanding and growing my trust muscle will produce good fruit by faith. So I read what I don't see the point of in my head. Because not all food tastes good to us, and medicine seldom does. But if there is sickness or lack, we must take in what will heal or supply us. This reminds me my spirit and my heart are more important than my head and my choices and my preferences. And God knows best. And he says, read it all. Pastor Jonathan often shows us when I surrender my will and humble myself, I'm putting myself and my judgments and likes under the word. Otherwise, I'm going back to Adam and Eve and eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and choosing for myself. It took me a while to see this. 
to recognize how proud and self-centered and full of entitlement I was. Do you ever find it boring? Have you fallen asleep while reading the Bible? No, but I think I skim read sometimes. Then I feel guilty for skimming names or skimming numbers or skimming pictures because God has bothered to name them in the Bible. What if he skim read my name or yours? So I have to go back. Advice for someone just starting out. Don't worry. Be excited. This is a gift from God. The love letter. The greatest story ever told. Refuse guilt. Look out for legalism and the death that comes from the law. And embrace the novelty. This will be new every morning, just like God's blessings. So look for novelty and don't get legalistic. Don't allow discouragement in while the habit is forming. As Rick Warren would say, don't let yesterday's famine rob today of its feast. Keep going. Write notes. Write down queries. Don't think you have to understand everything. Talk about it. Other people see things you don't. You see things they don't. I always remember being very angry um, with Abraham for, do for doing the same thing twice by lying about Sarah being his wife. And then it was pointed out to me that this was really about God's amazing covenant love for him. That even when he went astray, even when he did the same thing twice, God put it right. And guess what? That's what I do. That's what I need. So even those silly stories, the, one, the people that annoy you the most are the people most like you. God's amazing compassion and grace on people who don't deserve it. That's me. The bits that annoy you are the bits to teach you. It's also important that we encourage each other. So keep talking the talk. And God says different things to each of us, even from the same piece of scripture, which is the awesome thing. It really is alive. When you're not really feeling like it, try reading aloud. Your voice will change and become stronger. You hear the word even while you read it. And Romans 10:17 tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Also remember, you can use what you have read to pray. The enemy often tries to convince us that we can't pray well, not like. And Well, God loves to hear our voices, however we say what we want to say. But familiarity with the Bible really helps us to express what our hearts feel. Has the Old Testament as much to say as the New Testament? Yes! Best when starting out to read about Jesus, because he is who we have met and surrendered our lives to. And to read how the church grew and how we should live. Obviously, the Old Testament is more challenging because it's a mini library in one, but it's essential because it is the whole story. Like building a house or an office block or St. Mark's Square down the hill, the foundations are key. They are unattractive and take ages to build, involve destruction and digging and hard work. But they are there to support the final beauty of the finished building above ground. 
The Old Testament has continuing themes of blood and covenant, of sacrifice, of love and family, of sin and grace, and God over and through all which build to the crescendo, the coming of Jesus, the fulfillment of it all. Also in the Old Testament, there are so many people, in addition to Elijah, who we are told was a man like us, they are all just like us. Men and women of strength and courage, of sin and shame, of frail humanity and amazing faith, who win and who mess up. We read the stories and we see ourselves and see how mercifully or justly God treats them and therefore have hope for his mercy for ourselves. Most of all, we see the long view. Whenever in life we are beset by difficulty and pressed in on all sides, it's hard to fight the guilt and the why me and to stand while God is in control. We need the long view. And reading the whole Bible again and again reminds us God has always had every situation and every person covered. Nothing is a shock to him. Nothing too great for him to handle. All the way through turbulent times, he was and is and will always be in control. It's in there. All the way through. All the way through. And somehow that makes a huge difference to me. The long view produces trust and faith, which in turn is somehow releasing and even relaxing. What is the point in panic? What even is the point in fear? if he has promised never to leave or forsake us. And he has the long view in hand. Just quickly, I'm on my own with this at home. That's why I love journey meetings or prayer meetings to read and share. I'm envious of people in Gail and Kevin's situation who can do this together. But equally, it makes me more disciplined, as <laughs> Gail said. <laughs> because it's only me to challenge myself. But I do want to say to people who are blessed with being in a Christian marriage, please, please read the word together. Please share it together. For the sake of your families, pull them round the word. Please pull them round the word. It's such a joy for me that I have grandchildren who sit round the table with their parents and read the word. They study it in a different way, but they're round the word. Because that, this, this, is, this is the pillar that holds family together. And sharing your heart when you've both read truth is such a stability. And I don't, I don't yet have that. But please, from my heart, please, please, if you're not doing that together, please do. I'm zealous for that, sorry. And just know and trust that God even knows exactly what Gail was saying, exactly where you are in your reading. And in times of specific need, you will find that where your bookmark lies will bring you just what you need. I know that's true. It was true for my son and my daughter-in-law when they lost a baby. And Stella went to her reading in the morning after the night before. And it was just, just what she needed. It held them together because they'd been chunking. It held them together through grief-stricken times because God already knew where her bookmark was. He'd already got her there. 
He's in that much control of our reading. So please just let me encourage you. How important is reading the Bible? Supremely. Because when I don't, personally, for various ridiculous reasons, usually holiday or being somewhere different, I can feel my heart growing colder. I am more irritable, more selfish, more stressy, harder and horrid. So back to the book. Reading the Bible will change your life. Because as you read it, you encounter the King of glory who wants to deal with your heart. Not reading the Bible will leave you the same way as you are. It's a challenge. Space needs to be made. Family life needs to be talked about. Differences need to be accomplished. But you know what it says in the Word? Your life is not your own. You have been purchased. And therefore God wants to lead you in his ways and to guide you by his spirit. The greatest privilege that we have in this nation is that the Bible is freely available and we want to make use of it. I make no, uh, I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of this book. I love this book. This book is the one that I would take to the desert island or anywhere. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Thank you, everybody who shared this morning. I want to encourage you, if you've got questions, you go to somebody and you talk about it. Well, how did you do this? How did you overcome that? How did you wake up when you were reading it? How did you keep yourself awake? I don't know what your questions are, but there are people here who want to encourage you in your journey. The one thing I don't want you to do is do nothing. Let's take the opportunity to make change and to let God breathe upon us. We've been looking at gospel truth. The Bible is living and active. Okay? It's living and active. And so as we open its page, and I want you to do that, receive what it has to say to you and let its encouragement come to you. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to stand and we're going to sing one song as we finish together this morning. The King of My Heart. Is that the one you had? Praise the Lord. God's moving in strange ways, mysterious ways this morning to bless us. Father, let us we sing this song. Let our hearts be open to you. Let your word, O oh God, dwell in us richly, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.